Hello and welcome to the Sunday Jumpstart Podcast, a weekly podcast helping goal getters dish the excuses, do the work, and make ish happen. My name is Jessica Lauren, and you are listening to episode number 143. Hey y'all, hey, and welcome back to this week's episode of the SJS Podcast. Happy Sunday. I hope that all is well with you and yours. Thank you so much for spending just a couple of minutes with me here on the podcast. Go ahead and grab your mimosa, your coffee, your tea. Go grab a journal so you can write down some of the things that we're talking about in this episode. It's a good one. We are continuing our Big Lessons, Big Sister Advice series. Um, Today we're talking about the truth about friendships. That is one of the hardest lessons that I had to learn. It took me years and years and years of going around the same friendship mountain for me to finally be like, aha, that's how I need to operate in friendships. Uh, These are the type of people that I want in my life. Um, And uh, I just want to share that with you today. So um, buckle on in, get ready for today's episode. I think a lot of us, especially with the pandemic, our friendships are shifting. A lot of us are, you know, grown, got grown folks responsibilities so um our just expectations of our friends have shifted and we're all trying to navigate it friendships are so easy when you're in high school and college or you know you're still on the same debate team or you go to church together but things start to shift and feel awkward and feel you know like friendships are just touchy when you're an adult and it's hard to navigate that so I figured that's one area that we could talk about where I could share my experience with that in hopes that'll inspire you to make some changes in the way you show up in your friendships and what you expect of your friends so I'm excited about this episode because baby I have struggled in the friendship department and I'm finally on solid ground if as far as that goes. So um, before we jump into today's episode, I just want to take a couple seconds to say thank you. Thank you for every DM that I get, every email, text message where y'all are like, Jessica, I love the podcast. It really does mean the world to me. And I know I say that and it sounds like, oh, you sure it means the world to her, but it really does. There have been times in this past, I've been doing this, what, since 2017, where I'm like, God, is anybody listening? I feel like I'm saying the same things over and over. Am I good enough? Do I talk right? You know, like y'all know my story. Sometimes I get insecure about it for a million and one reasons, right? My my latest reason is, oh my goodness, I'm so rusty. I took all that time off. I'm a new mom. How am I going to do all of this? I just get in my head. When you love something that you've been working on forever, it's easy to get into your head, but I get zapped right out of it every time you guys say, Jessica, that meant a lot to me. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, I I read every rate and review, every DM, and I say thank you. So uh, before we dive on in, you know I got to shout you out and say thank you today to Asia over in Apple Podcast. She left a review that says, how does she even know? Every episode is so on point and it really helps me set my week, especially because it's out on Sundays. Um, Jessica always seems to know exactly what I need to hear when I need to hear it. And I love listening to her insights, tips and thoughts. Thank you so much, Asia. Listen, I pray before I get on this mic, Lord, just lead me, just anoint me. If it just helps one person, half the time the person is me, but if it helps someone else, God, then you get all the glory for that. So I'm, I'm constantly praying that. 
that what I'm talking about is is a blessing to you. Like when I'm brainstorming, I, I just pray over it. So I'm glad that my prayers are being answered and that the show has been some sort of staple in your life. So Asia, thank you so much for leaving that rate of review. You guys can always shoot me an email or a DM. Um, the Instagram is at the Sunday at the Sunday Jumpstart, uh, or you could um, reach me via email, hi at the Sunday Jumpstart.com. If there's something in particular you want me to cover or talk about, or I guess you want me to interview, please, this ain't just my show, baby. You got some say, you got some skin in the game yourself. So if you ever want to, you know, give me um, some topic ideas or some somebody you want me to hear talk to, just let me know and I will make it happen. Uh, but thank you, Asia, so much. I really, really do appreciate it. Listen, if you could hit pause real quick and, and just hop in on into Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rate and review. That really does help other goal-getters hear our make Ish happen message out there. And if you don't have Apple Podcasts, you can still help a sister out by just screenshotting today's episode, uploading it to Instagram and tagging at the Sunday Jumpstart. That is my favor, my ask of you today. If you could hook it on up, go ahead and do it. I appreciate it. But seriously, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I love you all and I'm so grateful that we got the Sunday Jumpstart together. I got some really cool things up my sleeves. It's just taking me a little bit longer to produce because I got a whole little Kobe, my, my little baby who turns three months uh, this month. Um, we we still getting our footing, but um, in the coming months, there's going to be some more programming and just things that I want to offer. So stay tuned for that. All right, y'all. Now that we got official SJS business all buttoned up, let's slide on into this week's episode, episode number 140. Y'all, we almost 200 some odd episodes, including uh, quick tips into this podcast. Glory to God. Uh, Let's slide on into today's episode, The Truth About Friendships. One area that I've always struggled with in my life is in my friendships, right? Um, and that might sound like a bit of a surprise. Like, Jessica, hold on. You my big sister in my head. You cool. You know, you my bestie. I can't imagine you suffering or struggling in your friendships. Well, it's not for lack of making friends. I can do that like that's nobody's business. Like I be out and about in public trying my hardest to mind my business, right? And somebody will inevitably come up to me, strike up a conversation. We might exchange phone numbers and I never stop there. I actually will see it through. Like I have so many friends that I met on Instagram and Twitter that are my actual friend friends in real life because we kind of follow through. I'm I'm really good about that. Like if you're like, hey, let's hang out and we've already, you know, had a camaraderie and we talked for a little bit, I'll actually come hang out with you. Like uh, I have no qualms about that. And I think it's because I left home when I was 17 and when I came to Illinois, I didn't know anybody. I, I, I didn't know a soul. So I learned at a very young age, if you want to live here and be successful and not feel isolated, and not spiral into a deep, dark depression, you're going to have to put yourself out there and be like, hey, I'm Jessica, let's be friends. So it, it it's not hard for me to do that, right? Like I can be sitting down at the bus stop in the middle of a monsoon, eating a tuna fish sandwich while picking the crust out of my toenails. Somebody is bound to sit down next to me and just talk. You know, that's been my gift and my curse, right? Um, I have, thank God, just been anointed 
it with something in me that makes people feel at home and at ease and like I could talk to that girl. And that's something I kind of pride myself in. I love being that for people. I'm grateful for that gift. But baby, if you don't have boundaries, that gift can turn into a curse. And that's what happened with me and why I struggle in my friendships and ultimately my relationships. Well, why I used to struggle in my relationships. That is until I started getting help. My friendships got so draining that I had to start going to therapy. When I say friendships, I also mean, you know, my situationships, just how I related to people was starting to suck the living daylights out of me. I was exhausted, depleted. I felt like I really didn't have any true friends. Now, why is that? Well, it all started when I was a little girl. There has always been a deep desire in me to be the very best. Not necessarily like, oh my God, I got to be the very best podcast on Apple podcast. Not necessarily in a competitive way and more so manifested. I need to be the best in my relationships, right? I want to be the best friend, the best daughter, the best sister, the best student, right? And it stems from just growing up, you know, I I witnessed my mom and dad's divorce, right? I saw their marriage dissolve right before my eyes. And people always are like, oh, you know, there's just a little kid. They don't know what's happening. Children are so sensitive to what's going on in the home. Those energy shifts and changes and the screaming matches and the crying and the tears. Y'all folks be thinking that kids aren't aware of what's going on. I was absolutely aware that my daddy was about to leave. Matter of fact, I saw that man run out of the house. (laughs) Me and my little brother was watching America's Funniest Home videos. I will never forget, you know, the theme song was on America, America, but this is you. That man came flying down those stairs and left. And, you know, I saw my mom try her hardest to be strong and she was strong. It wasn't no trying about it. My mama had three kids by the time she was 26 and took care of us all under the age of six she was pregnant when my dad left um and held it down worked two three jobs at a time she she really did do a good job with us um she saw all of us through through college she I was in catholic school like my mom was on one a single person salary and had us in private schools like that's how much of a beast my mom is but that still doesn't negate that I saw her crying. I felt a shift in her, like where she wasn't her super jovial, fun self. My mama was toe up from the flow up respectfully. A man leave you with three kids and you ain't worked that entire time, you know, because he was the main source of income. You got to get back on a job for us. You didn't finish school, you know, like she graduated eventually, but it was a lot on my mom and seeing her go through that. I made two promises to myself. One that I would never leave anybody. Okay, I made that that I I made it so concrete in my heart. I don't care what's going on. I'm never going to be like my dad and leave the people that I love. That was the first vow that I made. The second vow that I made is that I will always be the best. Now, it didn't necessarily manifest as like, oh, I'm going to be the best, you know, podcaster on this earth. It wasn't necessarily like a competitive thing with anybody else. It was more so I am going to be your best student. 
Because as a teacher, I can pick up on how stressful that is. These kids is driving you crazy. I'm going to sit here at the tender age of six and be the best student I can be for you. And you know what? It's so crazy how as kids, we take these huge ideas and really take them to heart. Y'all, I literally wanted to be the best student in the classroom, not to compete with nobody else, but because I empathize with the teacher. Come on, somebody. Talk about internalizing things. As a child, I was just like, dang, like... One of my teachers used to cry in class because the kids was cutting up that much. And I was like, I don't want to see her cry. I'm going to be so quiet. I'm going to sit with my legs crossed and my hands on the table. I'm going to keep my mouth shut so hard. Y'all, I wouldn't lick my lips. I was like, if I don't lick my lips, then my lips will be chapped. And then y'all, my lips would be bleeding in class because I was so desperate for her to know I am your best student. I have your back. I'm standing in the gap for you. I want you to feel good knowing you know, I can't depend on these other kids, but that little girl, Jessica Lauren right there, she's my best student. I wanted to be the best daughter, the best sister, I, you know, like just be the best. And that trickle down into how I related with people outside of my family. Right. So in my friendships and in my relationships, a.k.a. my situationships. Right. I was like, I don't care how you treat me, how you cuss me out, how you make me feel, how you do whatever. I am going to be loyal. I'm going to stand by your side. Not only that, I'm going to work my hardest to make sure that you feel heard, that you feel loved, that I don't make you cry, that I don't step on your toes, right? And so at the age of six, that sounds like such a noble promise to make, right? Like, oh my goodness, Jessica, that, that means you have such a big heart. I also grew up in a super Christian home. So not only was I hearing that message, you know, like um, from my mom, I'm just seeing how things were going down. You know what I mean? Um, I also heard it kind of reiterated at church, right? Turn the other cheek. Jesus, you know, wants you to treat people how you will want to be treated. All of those lessons are very true things, but sometimes we twist something that is very good and it could be perversive in your own life and it could be toxic and run you down and exhaust you. And that's literally what happened in my friendships. I walked into every single friendship that I had being like, I'm going to be there for you, right? I'm going to go out of my way to make sure that you are happy. Now, when you walk around with that sign on your head, I'm never going to hurt you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm always going to be by your side. You tend to attract all kinds of mess, right? Now, not to say all my friendships were messy. I have some really good people in my life um, that I've known for years that have been really good friends to me. But because I pretty much taught myself how to become a people pleaser, how to operate in codependent relationships. You know, I attended to attract energy vampires, uh, people that had narcissistic tendencies, right? Like I, I just was always around these people who love to dim my light, right? Why? Because I it was like, hey, if, if you want me to dim my light, I will go ahead and do it for you because I want to be that best friend. I want so imagine what that opens you up to abuse. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, just toxic dynamics. It leads to low self-esteem. My confidence was shot. You know, I couldn't really trust anybody because I just felt like. Who who's really my friend if you know I'm just walking around like a dog on doormat all the time? So I lot I left a lot of my emotions in. You know what I mean? Like it it was a 
mess. I stayed in relationships and friendships way too long, longer than I should have, just because I I think I just didn't want to be like my dad. I didn't want to be someone that abandoned people because I saw how much it hurt my mother. I saw, you know, my brother crying about it. I was upset about it. So I vowed I will never, ever abandon anybody else. I wanted people to come across me and be like, oh my God, that girl is so nice. She made me feel so special. She's so sweet. She's such a good student. She's such a good sister. She's such a good friend. And I suffered. And and at nobody else's fault but my own. Like, I'm not saying like, oh, all of my friends through the past you, through five, you know, however years were terrible. Um, they, they were, but you know what? It was my fault for staying that long. And I stayed because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. So, you know, God will keep bringing forth lessons in your life until you learn them, right? Um, It'll just keep repeating itself for years on end until you finally stop and get so uncomfortable, so perplexed, so confused, so exhausted, so tired of being gaslit that you finally stop and say, God, what the hell is going on? I need some help. I am confused. I don't know what's happening. Why I keep attracting these people. Lord, help me. And that's what happened to me. I kept being in friendships where I was suffering major betrayals, where I was feeling completely exhausted after getting off the phone with them, where the friendship wasn't reciprocal, where I was the one doing the heavy lifting. And I would finally break free of one friendship for one reason or another. But the same exact one would come up in a different person wearing a different type of, you know, outfit. But it was the same thing. The same thing was like, Jessica, you do not have to earn anybody's love or friendship, right? Friendship can come to you organically based off of what you guys sharing things that you like in common, based off of hobbies, based off of friendship chemistry. Like though you can have a friendship based off of those things and solely those things. You do not have to be a martyr, be Joan of Arc or Sojourner Truth of Friendship, talking about some I'm gonna be the best friend to every person, place, and thing on this earth. Jessica, no, you will wind up hurting yourself doing that. And I was hurt. I was exhausted. Like I said, I was playing smart them in my light, you know, biting my tongue over things because I didn't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I wanted to avoid confrontation. Oh, you know what? She, you know, had a rough childhood. I don't want to, you know, rock the boat. I want to be somebody steady for her. I'm just going to let her do X, Y, and Z. Like I said, I had some really good friends, but majority of my friends were people that could pick up on that desire to please. And so they had a list in order for you to be my friend, Jessica, you have to, I have to be able to call you at 3am all the time in order for you to be my friend, Jessica, you have to let me borrow money because you, you said you was my best friend. So look, I need to borrow $500. And I'd be like, uh, yes, I'm feeling uncomfortable. Yes. This doesn't work for me. Yes. This will put me at a deficit, but I don't care because I want to be that best friend for this person, right? You see how sick that is? It started off as something so sweet and and noble and kind as a six-year-old, but because nobody has stopped me and said, Jessica, that's not how friendships work. You do not have to earn love. I spent 20 some odd years walking around working for my friendships, right? Loaning out money. Um, Like I said, one of my 
close friends. Um, she wound up getting pregnant by my high school sweetheart. You know what I mean? And it just was the most backstabbiest things. And it didn't have to be huge traumatic things like that. It could be also small things like, you know, I was the friend that was always there for people like, hey, I'll come help you set up your classroom if you're a teacher or, hey, I'll come help you move or I'll help you do this. But then when it was time to party, turn up, I wouldn't be invited to the club. You know what I'm saying? Like it was those small infractures where it started making me realize like, girl, ain't you tired of that? Ain't you tired of hemming and hawing for these friendships, Jessica? Your worth isn't tied up on you not abandoning people. See, what I missed is that friendships are cyclical, that there are seasons to friendships, that there are levels to friendships. Like my sister gets on me about that to this day. She'd be like, what you doing this weekend? I'd be like, oh man, my friend, we gonna meet up and have coffee. She like, is this a friend friend or somebody you met off of Instagram? Because... For her, when she uses the word friend, it holds so much weight. Erin, her friend, she got a small circle. They've been friends forever. They, you know, their families, our families are intertwined. Her friends are basically my sisters because that's how much weight that friendship card holds to my sister. Me, I use the word friend for literally anybody. Like, oh, you know, she said she listened to three of my podcast episodes. That's my friend. Or, you know, we worked together for two days. That's my friend. And what I didn't learn was that there are levels to friendships. There's associates. There's your coworkers, there's the acquaintances, the friends you make in your niche, like your community. Like I have a ton of business friends, right? From Instagram that I met throughout the years. I have those lifelong friends like tequila. Um, I have soulmate friends. I have history friends. Those are your friends that you grew up with in childhood and all that stuff. But I had a hard time labeling them. When I meet somebody Instantly, they became my best friends. Instantly, lifelong. I don't care. Like, hey, I see all these friendship red flags, but because I made this vow when I was six years old and hurting from a divorce, I promise that you just automatically get upgraded to lifelong friend and I will be here for you forever and ever. Amen. But I got tired. I got tired of lying, right? I didn't really like half these people, but I felt a duty to them because, you know, I I just was trying to reverse some prophecy like, oh, Jessica, if you're not everybody's friend, you're going to end up just like your dad. And he abandons people and makes them cry. I had this story that I was so married to and committed to that I wound up kind of being a fake friend, even though I was being nice and kind and, and sweet. I was really exhausted in my relationships, but I didn't have the gall to tell the truth because I was afraid of being the one to leave. I was afraid of being left. I just had so much psychological baggage that I was carrying with me into my friendships, right? Um, And I have to take accountability for that. Like I was hurting. My six-year-old self was so confused and discombobulated by what was going on in my home that it manifested as like this sickness of trying to be the best friend, the good friend, the kind, the sweetest, right? And and 
Even though I was being nice and kind to other people, it was a form of manipulation, right? I'm going to be your doormat so that you have to be my friend. Like you will never leave me, right? Right? Like if I, you know, have sex with you when you say you want to have sex, this is for situationships and relationships. If I loan you money when you need it, won't that make you stay? Uh, if if I just agree and I'm, I'm, I'm likable to you and everything you say, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Won't that make you stay? You won't leave, right? Uh, if if I, I'm your ride or die and show you how good of a friend I am, won't I get rewarded with some type of unconditional love and friendship? And the answer to that, you know, it took me years to learn was absolutely not. You sacrificing your well-being, you sacrificing your self-worth and your confidence does not always guarantee you some lifelong friendship. And to be honest, if you're in that type of dynamic, that ain't no healthy type of friendship for you to be in anyway. But I had to learn that, right? What did I have to learn? First, that there are different levels of friendship, right? There are our associates, just those people that you meet in passing. Hey, y'all, what's up? Your na- Those are like my neighbors. Like I have some fantastic neighbors. We, we, talk to them when we're in the backyard our dogs kind of play you know I know their first and last name we we went to their daughter was on a Chicago P Chicago one of them Chicago shows and we went over there and watched this, the screening but that's about it that's as far as it gets for those type of associates acquaintances right those are the people that you just like hey girl the people you see in the coffee shop hey what's up you might you know talk for a little bit but that's pretty much it but what was I doing to my associates hey you want to be best friends for life Right. And and they were doing it to me, too. You know, it was reciprocated. A, a lot of times I actually wasn't seeking out friendships. They were come to me. And that's why I said that magnetism is a gift and a curse. But I think, um, like I said, some people that have narcissistic characteristics or are energy vampires, they can really pick up on you just being a sitting duck of niceness. Right. And y'all, while I'm talking about niceness, I did a whole episode um, about what it means to be nice is episode number 105 is called the truth about being nice. Is it doing more harm than good? I'll link that in today's show notes. Just go to www.thesundayjumpstart.com. I ain't said www in so long. That's why I slipped out like, girl, what did you saying? But anyway, go to the sundayjumpstart.com and click on today's episode. And I'll be sure to link that episode in the show notes because we go further on to this whole niceness thing. And it's particularly being nice that has a grip on women in particular. Oh, you got to be nice. And as a black woman, I was trying to go on my way to be nice and be friendly because, you know, all black women are angry. Like I was fighting so many narratives, right? When it comes to friendships. But anyway, let's talk about the differences in between our friendships, right? Our coworkers, those are the people obviously that you work with. Now, some people get on jobs and they like, y'all just my coworkers. I ain't here to make friends, right? Y'all remember that on America's Next Top Model, the girls would be like, I'm in this house, but I ain't here to make no friends. Well, it's hard to not make friendships in your work relationships because you at work eight to 10 hours every single doggone day. So it's easy to build those coworking situations that start off as associates and acquaintances into lifelong friends. My best friend, Tequila, was my boss at the preschool we both work at and she was six years older than me she is six years older than me that didn't mean nothing we became best friends you know like I was at the birth of her child you know what I mean like that's how long we've been together like her kids are now 
12 and 13. That's how long I've known her. She was pregnant with her firstborn. And I saw her have her second. And so I never negate coworker friendships because it can blossom into something else. But a lot of times, you know, in a corporate setting, you got to keep them folks at a distance and have some cer- certain boundaries with those people. Even my coworkers from my latest job, Gabby and Francis and Nate, we're all still in touch, even though like we all left on crazy terms at that job. We're all still very close. So I'm, I don't knock those friendships at all, but you still don't have to go into it telling all your business on day one, floodlighting people with a traumatic experience from childhood. Coworkers don't have to necessarily hear all of that, right? Like you want to let those type of friendships stew and develop, but y'all don't have to be instantaneous friends, but I was doing that, right? Um, like I said, there's associates, the casual acquaintances, your coworkers. Um, there are some niche friends. Now, your niche friends are like the friends you meet on Instagram while you're building your community, right? While like, let's say you pick up a hobby of ukulele playing, right? And you get on Facebook and you find some ukulele group and you become really close friends with the people in that niche. I have a ton of niche friends because of business. Like I met a ton of my close business besties on Instagram. And what we relate on is business and marketing. We're always sending each other grants and, you know, uh, marketing ideas and, oh, this building is vacant. Maybe that could be your brick and mortar or, you know, like here's this class or this course. That's why we're friends, right? You also just have straight up internet friends, like your friends that you talk to on Twitter um, and you just kiki with, just people you get along with. There are history friends. These are your friends that, you know, you were in first grade through sixth grade with, or y'all used to go to church together or, you know, whatever the case may be. You have your best friends. These are your people where you can let your guard down, where you could be yourself. You guys laugh. You have your own like little hidden language. You know, uh, those are your best friends. You could tell them anything. You can be anything around them. The the judgment zone isn't really there. Then you got those soulmate friends, those friends that'll be with you for for life, right? Um, and you don't have a ton in each category, right? Like you might have twenty associates, right? You might have five coworkers. You might have, you know, six casual acquaintances. You might have one best friend or one soulmate friend. You might have a ton of history friends. You might also have a handful of niche friends, but all of these different levels of friendship do not require that you break your back dim your light, play small. And that's what I was doing. You don't have to do all of that in those friendships, right? And if you find yourself doing it, I hope that you'll do what I did and start seeking out help. Why am I doing it? I got to the root of mine. Mine was because I was trying to avoid being an abandoner. And because um, because someone left me, I was looking for love and in, in, in any and everything and, and trying to be so good and so sweet and so kind. They had no reason not to leave me. But like I said, I was attracting the wrong people. And those people were like, girl, I'm going to leave you regardless. Okay. Um, exes that, oh girl, put me through the ringer, had kids on me, was cheating on me with people that lived up the street from me, people, you know, that was stealing from me, like all kinds of mess, right? How 
how did I start getting back on my feet and getting out of those things? Well, I started going to therapy and, you know, my therapist was like, Jessica, you have low self-worth. And that hit me because it was like, no, I don't. I don't have low self-worth. Do you see me? I am a positive person. I'm helping out other people. I have a successful podcast. I'm doing what's right. I'm living as a Christian. God loves me. Jesus loves She was like, girl, that's all true. But you still have low self-worth. And I could cry thinking about it because it's just like, gosh, that was just my little six-year-old self just yearning for someone to love her and say, I'm here for you and I'm not going to leave, right? But I perverted that and turned it into some weird thing where I just was like, hey, I will people please you to to life. (laughs) I will people please you so that you can love me forever and ever. Please, 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 I'll do anything, And I got trampled over. I got stumped out. And eventually I got tired of that. I went to my therapist and she recommended me reading Sisters of the Yam by Bell Hooks. All About Love by Bell Hooks. (laughs) Codependent No More. Um, I read uh, Set Boundaries, Find Peace by Dr. Nidra Tawab. I, I just really... Um, started to study relationships. Uh, the what's five languages of love? I just got really interested in dynamics and psychology behind that, and we started working on just healing that narrative. Jessica, you can have friends um, just on your own merit. You don't have to do all of that to be in a healthy, loving friendship that's based in love, care, trust, and respect. We learned that from Natalie Lou. Take a shot. Every time I say Natalie Lou in the episode, uh, that's one of my good good girlfriends who is a relationship expert. We met on Instagram and we are friends. You know, uh, like I said, I don't think that my gift is a total waste or a total curse. You know, I just had to learn how to to use it wisely and to use it on people that that deserved it and that reciprocated back, right? Um, And then we started talking about my therapist and I just red flags in friendships. Like, how will I know? Like, okay, I know how to categorize them now, right? Just because we have the same interests doesn't mean that this person is going to be invited to my wedding, right? Because that's just my niche friend. Or, you know, I love my associates and my neighbors and things of that nature, but that doesn't mean they get to hold the best friend card, right? So I had to learn that there are different levels. I had to learn that there are different seasons in friendships, right? And we'll talk about that. Um, but after I finally learned, okay, associates versus coworkers versus casual acquaintances versus just friends and best friends, I could start to categorize people like, oh, that's just an associate. I don't have to lend her money. Oh, that's just my coworker. It's inappropriate if we talk about what happened when I was a child. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's just, you know, my friend. If she asked me to watch her seven kids every weekend for the next year, I could say no, because in just a regular friendship, you don't have to do all of that. Or here's the other kicker. I could say no, just because my nose are valid. That was a whole nother lesson, right? That you could say no, just because the answer is no. But I had to learn how to categorize my friends, right? Um, and then we started working on those red flags in my friendships because I had so many red flags that I just was ignoring because I didn't, I didn't want to confront it, right? I didn't want to talk about it because I don't want to upset you and make you leave. But my therapist worked on here are some ways that you can know that this friendship isn't really helpful 
or it's not helping. It's not helping you grow. So what are some of those things? Red flags and friendships for me were friendships that just weren't reciprocal. You know, we all have that one friend that'll call you and be like, girl, this happened, this happened. My job said this. My boss said that. I cussed him out. My kids ain't acting right. Girl, my baby daddy, I'm about to beat him up. His baby mama called me back. They'll they'll spend like an hour talking about their day, who hurt them, who made them laugh, what TV show they watch, uh, a brief history of how their mama started their hair salon. Like they could just talk. And then once that hour is up, they be like, all right, girl, talk to you later. Bye. You, they ain't asked you how your day was. They ain't asked you, you know, how you feeling. They ain't none of that. It's those friendships that aren't reciprocal, you have to start asking yourself like, okay, is this a friendship that needs to end? Or is this a friendship that I need to knock down a, a few pegs? If you feel like your very best friend is constantly doing that, that's worth a tough conversation. Hey, Sarah, girl, I love you, but I feel like I can't get a, a word in edgewise. Like, what's up with that? Um, and she could either be like, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. I'll work on that. But if it keeps going, you can make the decision like maybe this person isn't my best friend anymore. Maybe she could get knocked down to friend. Now, it doesn't have to be just that one thing. But for some people, that's enough. Like I need to be in something that is a two way street. If I'm always sending you grants like, hey, here's some free money for your business and I don't get anything in return. Maybe I should stop sending you grants. If I'm always watching your kids because, you know, motherhood is hard for us all. But when I need a babysitter and you ain't nowhere to be found, maybe that's enough. I, my, my sister, I love my sister. She's such, um, I'm, I'm the one that's always like, well, I don't know. I'm a people pleaser. I feel this type of way. Aaron be like, everything is black or white. Yes or no. So she has a friend that won't tell any intimate details of like her weekend, her relationships. Well, Meanwhile, Aaron and everybody else in that friend group, they're very, very much vocal. Like, girl, I'm wearing this color draws. He said this, but the other friend won't share as much. And she's like, I don't talk to her no more. And it's like, why? It wasn't reciprocated, right? There has to be some reciprocity in our relationships. You can't be the only one that's given, the only one that's taken, the only one, right? So that could be a red flag in some relationships. Um, what's another red flag for me where I started to wise up is if I feel constantly drained after interacting with a certain person, right? If somebody is draining the complete living daylights out of you constantly, that might be time for some reflection. Hey, is this working for me? What am I getting out of this relationship? Is this relationship typical? Why do I feel like this, right? I used to feel like that because I had a friend who complained about everything. And I'm not saying like, oh, she just complained because, you know, her tire was flat when she got off for it was literally everything complained about her relationships, her work, her spiritual life, her mental health. Like it was nonstop all the time, every day for years. And I would get off the phone or get out their presence and just feel nasty, just like wiped out, depleted. And it was like, I don't want to feel like that. Why do I feel like that? I thought I 
Nobody wants to be around a, a negative Nancy all, all the time, right? I'm a light, happy person just trying to figure my life out. I can't carry the weight of the world, of your world on my shoulders and mine. I, would, I was trying to, but eventually I was just like, this person trains me. I can't do it anymore. Every time I'm with you, I feel low vibes. You know, I'm, I feel sad and icky inside. Why am I friends with you? But again, me, old me used to be like, no, I need to be a best friend. I don't care if they drain me. I just want to be there for them because they need somebody to stand in the gap. Now, there are times when your friends go through seasons where they literally might be suffering through a depression. It's okay for you to be there for them through that. There are some times where maybe your best friend, you know, just made it on Broadway and all of her calls are like, oh my God, girl, you will not believe who I met. Oh my God, girl, I got a Tony. Oh my God. And maybe she does hang up the phone a few times a little early without thinking about you. Examine a person in their heart. You know that person don't mean nothing like that. You know what I mean? Like they're not doing it on purpose and you can let those instances slide. Being a good friend is celebrating with your friend and letting them have their shine and all of that. But if it gets to the point and it is constant and after you've had a conversation about it, hey, I'm, I'm not feeling two way streety in this friendship or hey, you know, I, you complaining all the time. It's been draining and they do nothing. That might be an indication that it might be time to end things or shift the way that you interact with them. Maybe they could go back into the associate file, right? They ain't got to be your best friend. Okay. Other red flags, right? Friendships where you're the emotional support dog, right? I used to say, oh, I'm the armchair therapist in my friendships. It had got so bad that not only did I feel like the the armchair therapist, the person that they were going to for their problems, can you help me figure this out, Jessica, or I need some encouragement. I just felt like their emotional support dog, like somebody that they would just have a, around to make them feel better. You know, the little dogs you see at the airport that's like, oh, I'm an emotional support dog because this person is sad. I, I had a friend, quote unquote, who would do that to me. Like, Justin, come on with me shopping. And it wasn't because she wanted to shop and enjoy our time together. It was so that she could dump on me her traumas and cry. And, you know, I clean up the mess, but it was every time. Hey, come out with me to this bar. We go to the bar. Girl, she crying in her beard. It was just like, girl, this is the, I'm over it. And again, why was I attracting the same type of person? Why was this theme coming up? Because every time, you know, that person would come up, I wasn't learning my lesson. God was like, Jessica, I don't want to see you be a people pleaser all your life. I don't want to see you dim your life all your life. I'm going to send another fill in the blank name. You know what I'm saying? The people in this episode was shall remain nameless for their own peace of mind. I ain't going to name nobody, but I'm going to bring another that person into your life because you're not learning how to confront the mess. You're not looking at these friendship red flags. You're not saying, hey, actually that doesn't work for me or nope, I can't help you out. You're not saying yes to good opportunities. You keep saying yes to these low vibey people like girl, wake up. And it kept coming up, kept coming up, kept coming up. But eventually, with me reading the books and going to therapy and looking at these red flags, I learned that's not working for me. What else doesn't work? You know what I mean? Um, friendships where there are always some form of drama. I had a friend. This this friendship was hard because we known each other since we were like four years old. Our siblings are friends. Our parents are friends. We went to the same church, the same middle school, like the same Catholic elementary school. Uh, it, it just was a very enmeshed relationship. 
Well, it was always drama with that girl, right? I loved her to death. She was so much fun, so much fun to be around, but there was always some jealousy around me. And it was because her mother, whenever she saw me, she'd be like, oh, Jessica, you're so pretty. Your hair is so long. Oh, you can sing. Oh, you're so funny. She she was just so sweet and speaking life into me, but she would do that in front of her and then be like, hey, my child, why don't you be a little bit more like Jessica in this regard? And my mama told her, stop doing that. It was just an uncomfortable thing um, to have her mama always kind of comparing us. So as we continue to mature that, that, that competition was always there. Not for me, child, I'm minding my business. You are genuinely my friend. But I think for her, hearing her mother saying that for so long, it got to her, rightfully so, right? We all have these stories and this baggage that we're carrying around. And if we're not careful and get healing from it and unlearn it and unwrap ourselves up from it, it can be distorted in our heads and make us, you know, just act out or or lay down and sacrifice all of our lives because we made some vow or somebody compared you to somebody when you were young or somebody said something to you. We get stuck and it's our responsibility to get unstuck. That's why, like I said, I'm not blaming these people. This isn't a woe is me tale. This is just one of my biggest lessons that friendship change, that everybody ain't your friend, that there are seasons to friendship, that you can say no in friendship, that you're going to have to have some confrontation in friendships, that there's some tough conversations to be had, that some people will leave you, that you will leave some people, that you will be abandoned. But at the end of the day, you will still be okay. That was my biggest lesson, right? But anyway, with this girl, there was always some form of drama. Jessica, I don't like that you wear that outfit today. You ain't tell me you was wearing pink. Jessica, why did you cut bangs and you didn't tell me? Like, it was like that when we were little. Then it got into older territory. Like I said, she took my high school sweetheart and they procreated together. And, you know, I forgave her for that, but we never bounced back from that. Like it's, it's like, it, it just was a mess. It was always some form of drama and I'm not a drama person. I really am not. Now I love gossip. Okay. I will go on YouTube and go down like a gossip YouTube rabbit hole. But in my life, I don't like all of that. So like, what are we doing? And it was always picking up. She will always be like, I'm your friend. I'm not your friend. You did this. I don't like you no more. Let's break up as a friendship. And I would go through this tip for tap for her. She would not be my friend for a week. It could be six months, a year. Then she'd be like, hey, I'm going through this tough time again. Let's be friends again. And I, with my toxic butt, would be like, oh, okay, I'm trying to be Captain save I'm trying to be Captain Best Friend. Let me let her back into my life. Even though she's betrayed me, even though there's been a ton of drama, let me let her back in. And then the cycle would just continue. Eventually, I was like, I don't want any more of this cycle. I'm, I'm done. I, I can't do it anymore. And so those were some of my red flags, right? Friendships that aren't reciprocal, friendships that drain you, friendships where there are there's some sort of deep betrayal, like they they told a deep dark secret that was for you and them to keep, you know what I mean? Or they they talk behind your back or something like that. Um, and instead of me letting those people go, I would just keep letting it continue until my therapist got in my tail and was like, no, Jessica, you have to put your foot down and, and have some tough conversations. So that's what I started to do. When those friendships, red flags come up, instead of me ignoring them, I would call them out. Hey, that made me uncomfortable. That joke wasn't funny. I know you, we used to always kick it and talk about X, Y, and Z. I don't like those conversations anymore. 
And what wound up starting to happen, anytime you start enforcing your boundaries, honoring your boundaries and being about that boundary life, those people that cannot abide by them, they will start, they'll delete themselves. You ain't even got to break up with them. They, they, they don't like you no more. They be like, oh, you acting funny. I'm not acting funny. I'm acting boundaried. I'm acting like I got finally some high self-esteem, some self-worth. I'm not acting funny. I know my value isn't in me being your emotional support dog. I know I ain't got to be a doormat for me to have friends. That's been my biggest lesson. I don't have to do all that anymore. So I, in that, my friendships had to end. I had to let some people go, delete some contacts, and it hurt. It hurt because I learned that lesson so long that not every friendship will last the duration of your life. I thought it would because I was being so good, such a good student, such a good sister, such a good friend. Was Shouldn't it have lasted that long? No, because friendships don't always last that long, especially if they're toxic and draining. You don't want that. So I started releasing and it hurt, even though it was good for me. Sometimes doing what's right doesn't always feel good. I had to let some people go. Why? Because we grew apart. Um, They weren't ever supposed to be my friend to begin with. I had to let some people go um, because I prolonged the agony. There are some people that come into your life to be a friend during a certain season, right? Like I went through a club phase where I, oh y'all, I was a club head. I didn't have my first drink until I was 24 years old. I didn't go to my first real club until I was 24 years old. It was my 24th birthday. That like a few weeks before I had got my heart broken by my college sweetheart, who was a super Christian guy. I thought we were going to get married because we were doing everything by the book. We were super holy, holy rollers, all of that. Well, he broke my heart. And I was like, if a nice guy can break my heart like that, I, I don't... I don't want any parts of it. So I went like on a bender. Like I was drinking and going to the club every Wednesday through Sunday. And I made hella friends, right? But those friends were my club friends, my drinking buddies. I call them, you know, sometimes my misery buddies. Like we would get drunk, go out to clubs, dance the night away, have fun. It was fun at first. Meet guys, you know, go out to the after club spot and all that stuff. But then we would go over to my house or her house and just be crying like, oh my God, why is my life like that? Like it was just kind of like a trauma bond thing. Like we were friends simply because we were hurting and miserable and we were coping with alcohol. You know what I mean? Like I went through like a pretty dark period through that. Now, once we got out of that and grew up, we were still trying to be friends, but it just didn't work. Some of them was still in the club. Some of them was still drinking. So our friendship changed and it wasn't a bad thing. We weren't supposed to outlast that season, right? It feels bad because you're like, these my homies. We used to cry together. We used to throw up together. We used to, we went to Miami, but it's like, that wasn't supposed to last forever. Biggest lesson ever. Some friendships, some relationships, they just don't last. And that doesn't negate the power that they had in the life, in your life, the love that was there. It doesn't negate any of that. It just means that you grew up and, and things shifted and that's okay. It's okay if you at your age of 30 don't like what you liked at 16. It's okay if you at your age of 25 aren't interested in what you liked at year 22. We are humans and we're changing and we're constantly evolving. That means our friendships, relationships are too. And that's okay, right? Um, and I, I just had to come to terms with that. Like, 
Friendships are always changing. It's okay that we're growing apart. We grow apart for different reasons. There can be a pandemic, somebody moves, there's some lifestyle changes, you know, like eventually to get, I, I, I started realizing like, oh my goodness, I'm really struggling with alcohol and alcoholism runs in my family. Uh, that's when I got deep into my spiritual bag. Like I said, I've grew up in a church, but it's nothing like you going on your own spiritual journey as an adult. And that's when I, I did that, right? Like, let me get back into my body. Bible. Let me get back into my church. Let me try yoga. Let me try not to drink anymore. Of course, those friends weren't my friends that I went to the club with anymore because of our lifestyle tra- change, right? Sometimes your friendships will grow apart because of huge life transitions, right? Someone gets married. Someone has a baby. Someone suffers a loss. Someone moves across state. Friendships are just going to change and that's okay. And you have to be okay with that. Otherwise, you'll stay in places that you have outgrown. You'll stay in places that that are that's hurting you. You'll stay in places that's belittling you, that's abusing you. If you don't come to terms with the fact that some things just shift and change. And as, and as things are shifting and changing and you're changing your lifestyle and changing the way you think and, you know, you're stepping up to the plate and having these boundaries and people are leaving and you might have to cut somebody off. God, while you're doing all those things, he's replacing it with better. You never lose out. God is always replacing it with something better. That best friend you had since your childhood. Yeah, y'all got history and all that, but you're feeling in your spirit. This ain't it no more. This ain't working for me. This ain't reciprocal. She done betrayed me. I heard her talking behind my back. Or it don't even got to be that bad. We just don't vibe anymore. That's okay because God is bringing into your life people you do vibe with. Ever since I got serious about my friendships, and ever since I healed that part of me that that felt like I needed to bend over backwards and be this best good friend, sweet, kind, nice, I have been blessed with some of the most genuine, genuinest friendships I could ever imagine. And I've shown up as a more genuine version of myself because I'm not people pleasing anymore. It took years for me to learn. I don't have to do that. I don't have to succumb to everybody's wish and demand just to keep them around that I can say no when I want to say no. I can say yes, that works for me. I can leave and move and shake and shift how I want, pivot. I don't have to do all of that. And because of that, I've been rewarded with more satisfying friendships. I don't have 100 friendships anymore because I don't need them. I just have a solid core group of friends. So all in all, my biggest life lesson that I want to share with you is that you don't have to earn anybody's love. You don't have to earn anybody's friendship. And by earn, of course, you have to show yourself approved, right? You have to be like, oh, I'm I'm a trustworthy person. But what I'm saying by earn is when you are doing things that are a detriment to yourself in order to please the other person, that stuff you don't have to do. And it is okay if your friendships change. It's okay. It's okay if you have to let people go. It's okay if you meet new people and they become your best friends. As long as you are happy and you're in a healthy relationship that is committed and and founded in love, care, trust, and respect, that's really all that matters. All that other stuff it, it, it's, it's just a mess and you don't need it in your life. So if you're anything like me 
and you know, you're a recovering people pleaser or you're afraid to have confrontations with people. I have an episode all about having tough conversations in your friendships. I'll link that in the show notes as well. I'm here to tell you, I link those other resources too about codependency, no, no more and set boundaries, find peace. And, uh, Natalie has a book, uh, called, um, Mr. Unavailable, uh, that, that, that was a good f- friendship book, even though it's about relationships, it's helped me out in my relationships. You don't have to suffer in your friendships. You don't have to dim your light, play small, keep, keep the peace, you know, not say anything. Those, those are healthy friendships. That's not a healthy way to exist. That's how I existed for years of my life. And I felt like a fraud. I felt like a fake friend, even though, quote unquote, I was doing what was right. Um, after I peeled back those layers and realized like I was being a manipulator by trying to be a perfect friend, that's it wasn't healthy until I gave that up. You know what I mean? Um, things got better. I felt wholer and happier because I wasn't faking the funk. I wasn't holding on to people because I didn't want to be an abandoner. I didn't have to play the martyr anymore. I just got to be Jessica. I let Jesus be the savior of the world, not Jessica. And that's what I was trying to do. I Oh, I could save or, oh, I could love somebody so that they feel, you know, like I was just doing the most because I was unhealed, but I did the work to heal myself through reading and therapy and church and all, whatever. <laughs> I, I got back whole and realized that I don't have to do all that in friendships and neither do you. And I hope this episode ministered to those of you that, you know, struggle with people pleasing, struggle in your friendships. I hope that it ministered to you to have a, a sit down with yourself and say, am I doing what Jessica was doing? Did I make a declaration that I'll never abandon people? And I've been sitting out here shucking and jabbing for folks I don't even like for real because I'm afraid of leaving or I'm afraid of them leaving me. Let me go get help. Let me read those books. I hope it encourages you to take a look at your friendships and and recategorize some people. Everybody ain't your best friend. Everybody ain't your soulmate. Everybody ain't supposed to be around forever. Maybe some people need to get knocked down a few pegs and go back to the associate zone, the acquainted zone, the casual friend. And that's okay. You are the creator of your own life. You get to say who gets to wear, wear which role in your life, right? They don't have to stay just because, oh, I've known them since first grade. Cool story. You can still know them from first grade, but do they got to be your best friend now? Because they don't deserve it anymore. Y'all ain't on the same page anymore. Your goals aren't aligned anymore. Your values don't even match up. It's okay to shift and change and pivot in your life where you feel it necessary. And sometimes, a lot of times, that's in our friendships. Well, y'all, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I really appreciate it. If you could, go ahead and leave a five-star rate and review in the Apple Podcast. That really does help get our make-ish happen message out there. Y'all, I said a lot in today's episode. I referenced some books and some past episodes. If you didn't get a chance to jot it down, do not worry. I got your back. Just go to the sundayjumpstart.com and click on episode number 143. That's where everything that I talked about will be linked. If you want to hang out with me outside of the podcast, be sure to follow along over on Instagram. The handle is at the Sunday Jumpstart. Um, also, if Instagram isn't your thing, you can shoot me an email. Hi at the 
www.teenagejumpstart.com. Y'all, I love you so much. Thank you for letting me be vulnerable and hold a space for me while I told my stories. Um, I pray that it encourages you to do what's best for you and your life. Um, have an amazing week. I'll be back here this Wednesday with a quick tip. That's our short little five to 10 episodes um, that are designed to help you finish the week strong. Be encouraged. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and I'll see you soon. Bye.